Hello and welcome to episode 353 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan. I'm one of the co-founders here at ETR, as always, joined by fellow co-founder Evan Silva. And Trent Balky has blown his load. Will Disley is somehow hashtag how rich. The wind is flowing through free agency's hair. Ashley has shamed me into not wearing a beanie for this episode. Evan, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, it's been a very, very busy last couple of days. Um, you know, free agency technically hasn't even started. That's yeah. supposed to start. Uh, uh, we're recording this on what Tuesday. That's supposed to start on Wednesday, I believe, 4 p.m. Mm-hmm. Eastern time. But we've already got, I mean, probably a good 40% of the free agent board already uh, with their landing spots. I think that the one surprise from this year that, is that there have been so few cuts. And I think that that is because, and some guys have gotten cut, but we have not seen like mass cuts. Like, you know, very often in the past, you would see like teams just release like six guys all at the same time. We haven't seen any of that. And I think that's because of the spike in the salary cap. Yep. Teams have just been able to, they can afford those guys now uh, because they've got, you know, so much more room to work with. Yeah, salary cap, obviously the NFL spiking over $200 million for this year, for sure. Hopefully you all listened to the show on Friday that Evan and I did. We're going to do the same thing here today, go through all the transactions that have taken place since we last recorded on Friday. Certainly a lot to chew on. Before we get into it, I wanted to remind everyone of this absurd deal we have with our friends at BetMGM. Right now, I've talked a couple of times. I mean, this insane cutthroat battle between the books for customer acquisition is massive for us. The customer, the better. An example is this deal we have with them. Use our link to sign up for BetMGM, make a $10 bet, and they will send you a coupon for $85 off any ETR product on top of $1,000 in free bets at BetMGM. Head to the betting tab on EstablishTheRun.com. Sportsbook bonus offers page on our site for the link there and the details. All right, Evan. Tom Brady story we have to start with. I mean, I, I kind of thought he was serious, man. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm an idiot. Maybe I'm just like too gullible. I, I kind of thought that he was serious. He was actually done. It took two weeks of spending time with his kids for him to decide that he wants to play football. And I get the feeling, you know, taking care of kids is, is, is tough. He played at such a high level last year. I thought that he had a case to be the MVP above Aaron Rodgers. From that perspective, I'm not surprised. I'm just surprised he went through the whole announcement and then changed his mind so close together. Obviously, from Finney's perspective, there's huge impact here, but were you surprised at all by the Tom Brady thing? No, especially after that video came out yeah. of him and Christian, Cristiano Ronaldo. And I mean, he was at the Manchester United game talking with Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo on the field. Guess who owns the Manchester United? The Glazer family, who also owns the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So the dots really connected there. I don't think you were actually surprised. You were just hoping that he would stay retired because he's been breaking the age model for years now. That's true. Uh, that, that's fair for sure. Obviously, huge fantasy implications. You know, the Bucs, and, and I'm going to do a, a, a video and I send a tweet about people complaining about long prices. I mean, the Bucs got up as high as 40 to 1, 50 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, now they're back down to where they should be with Tom Brady at quarterback. You know, there's weaponry questions, I think. we, I think we all assume Rob Gronkowski's going to be back. Chris Godwin is coming off of an ACL injury. What they added today, I guess, to replace Antonio Brown. And by the way, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern, we're recording this. What they did today was three years, $30 million for Russell Gage. I, I feel like we've gotten Russell Gage wrong 
or I don't know about wrong, but like he's played better than I thought he could play, I guess is my point. And like, yeah, three years, 30 million is a lot for Russell Gage, but maybe he's earned it. Like I'd rather give him three years, 30 million than like Will Disley 324 or, or whatever. Some of these other deals that we're going to talk about. So what do you think about Gage's outlook and anything else on the Bucks going forward? Well, I think it was kind of laughable that people were talking about the Bucks starting Blaine Gabbert in 2022. You know, Blaine Gabbert is a free agent, doesn't even have a, con- doesn't even have a contract with the team. Um, and so I, I don't know if they're going to bring him back or not. But with Russell Gage, you know, he came out of LSU. He was booked by most scouts to be like a special teamer. I think the, the credit goes to Russell Gage in his actual improvement as a player. You know, early in his career, he was sort of like a – uh, when he was given opportunities to play, he would, you know, have like seven catch for 50 yard games. And then last year he started to show some explosiveness and, you know, some actual playmaking ability. And I think he's an ascending player and he's only 26 years old. So I think he's just worked at his craft. And I think this is a really interesting signing for the Buccaneers because it protects them a little bit in terms of Chris Godwin's recovery from the ACL and the MCL, Chris Godwin might not be available early in the 2022 season. And then when Chris Godwin comes back, is he going to play outside? I think he will. I think he will be like the flanker, uh, the Heinz Ward in Bruce Arians' offense. And then Russell Gage will be the slot receiver. And we know year over year over year, Tom Brady's affinity for slot receivers. It's an awesome landing spot for Russell Gage, at least in the short term. Yeah, and and the number one running back, by the way, on Evans' free agent list, and by the way, you can find that for free on Established Run, is Leonard Fournette. You know, we're going to have a massive projection on Leonard Fournette if he resigns, resigns with the Bucks because, I mean, man, Tom Brady's throw rate at running back, Tom Brady efficiency, and you see that trickle down to Russell Gage types also, but we'll see what happens with Leonard Fournette. I mean, I, we're going to have a huge projection, like I said, on Leonard Fournette if he does indeed return to the Bucks. Let's go to let's go to DJ. Uh, let's go to Mari Cooper. Amari Cooper to the Browns for a fifth round pick. Now people are saying, oh, you know, the Browns ripped off the Cowboys. I, you know, obviously Amari Cooper is better than a fifth round pick. The point is that the Cowboys could no longer afford him because they made the idiotic mistake of paying Ezekiel Elliott $90 million. They could no longer afford Amari Cooper. They sent him to the Browns for a fifth round pick. From a fantasy perspective, Evan, how does this affect? Cleveland, we talked about how they don't have a lot of weaponry. Amari Cooper is certainly mm-hmm. a big, big, big upgrade for them. Yeah, and we're still waiting on who trying to figure out who their quarterback is going to be in 2022. It's still likely to be Baker Mayfield, but that's no guarantee. I mean, they recently entered the Deshaun Watson mm-hmm. uh, sweepstakes. I don't, you know, they're they're probably a dog there, but there are four teams in the mix, and the Browns are one of them. And I mean, it, things could get really interesting if the Browns are able to lure Deshaun Watson to Cleveland. Um, Amari Cooper is like his target competition is minimal right now. I mean, the, the number one target competitor for him would probably be David and Joku. They released Jarvis Landry and they've got a, you know, a bunch of unproven or, you know, young role players, Donovan Peoples Jones, Anthony Schwartz, those kind of guys behind him. But I, I think that we need to uh, wait for this to play out a little bit right now. My expectations would be that Amari Cooper will be like a wide receiver three, um, and, and with projecting him for a similar production to last year when he was like under 900 yards, you know, some, somewhere in that area. Uh, by the way, our projections team and rankings team is updating our best ball rankings. It's just hard because we don't know, like Evan said, who else is going to be on the roster. And so we're assigning 
target shares to guys who aren't even on the team yet, but you can find our continuously updated rankings on the site. By the way, I mean, Brown's best running back room in the league, I think, with Hunt and Chubb uh, and Dearness Johnson. And now you get a Mark Cooper in the mix, like David Njoku. Like, they have some pieces now, at least. Speaking of pieces, I kind of like what the Lions did, man. I mean, DJ Chark was a guy that, uh, you know, talented dude. Make him prove it. One year, $10 million to the Lions. Like, and it fits because DJ Chark, I think, is best as a deep threat. And the rest of the Lions guys, Hawkinson, Swift, Amon Ross, St. Brown, are underneath targets. Like, this could actually work for the Lions. That's crazy that is to sound. What did you think of DJ Chark? One year, $10 million with the Lions. Yeah, I think he's going to be real inconsistent and, and frustrating in fantasy, but I did like it from a real-life perspective. Last year, they were using Khalif Raymond, you know, 5'10", 180, uh, as like their primary deep threat with a little bit of Josh Reynolds mixed in there uh, into the deep game. But, you know, this is, uh, you know, a totally different player than Khalif Raymond. Big, long, 6'3", 214, you know, runs like sub 4'4", and – yeah, getting him to play indoors uh, in a situation where he's going to have that vertical threat role pretty much all to himself on the outside, uh, opposite Josh Reynolds, and then with Amon Ross St. Brown, all of a sudden you, you, you're giving yourself at least some potential. It's probably still a bottom 10 receiver core in the league, but it has potential to jump into that mid-range across the league and uh, yeah, I mean, put, putting DJ Chark on a prove it deal is, is the perfect scenario because we still don't know how good he is. I mean, when the Lions got behind at times last year, they got into some shootouts, man, and they broke some DFS slates because their defense was not playing well. And they were obviously uh, throwing the ball when they were behind. And I mean, you throw start throwing to Chark, Amon Ross St. Brown, Swift, Hawkinson, like you can put up some DFS points. So that's one I'm certainly watching. Let's talk about what the Bills did. I, I thought this one was sneaky, impactful. J.D. McKissick to the Bills two years, 7 million. And obviously like this is bad for Devin Singletary, right? Like Devin Singletary, part of the appeal last year, late last year, once he aced, once he iced Zach Moss was that Devin Singletary had like a legit every down roll. JD McKissick is an awesome, awesome, awesome pass catching running back. Now I think the commanders will add someone, but it won't be as good a pass catcher as JD McKissick. So I'm actually like really excited for Antonio Gibson. Mm -hmm. What did you think of the McKissick deal on both sides, commanders and bills? Yeah, I think it was a good, real, great real life fit for Buffalo because they love to spread it out, throw the ball, you know, at, at an extremely voluminous clip. And J.D. McKissick really fits that. I don't know if we're going to get much production from the Buffalo backfield. Josh Allen plays such a big role in that backfield and it's going to be a committee again. Uh, but yeah, on Washington side, it's like on Washington side, it looks really, really good. For Antonio Gibson, we still need to get through the draft and, and you know, the, the second and third waves of free agency. But, you know, the, the commanders or, or whatever they've been for the last few years, they, uh, they, they need to realize that Antonio Gibson, that one of his strengths is catching the football out of the backfield and filling him up with carries every like he, he's been getting hurt. You know, mm -hmm. how about take some carries off his plate, yeah. give him more work in the passing game. That would be, of course, an assumption of rational coaching. But I'm optimistic now that we could get that out of Antonio Gibson, whereas, you know, entering last season, there, there, there was that extreme doubt because of J.D. McKissick's presence. Oh, I, I love it. Instead of signing a pass catching back to replace J.D. McKissick draft or sign some two down pounder and let Antonio Gibson play some type of Austin Eckler role. And I mean, you really have something then, and we'll see what the commanders decide to do. Mitchell Trubisky, we spent a lot of time on Mitchell Trubisky over the last 
few weeks, turns out that the NFL didn't think as highly of Mitchell Trubisky, I guess, as we thought they might. Two years, $14.2 million to the Pittsburgh Steelers. I mean, to me, this should not preclude the Steelers from being aggressive in the draft for quarterback. What do you think about the fit for Trubisky in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I thought they wound up getting him on a pretty decent deal. Now, that deal can go to $26 million if he plays well. But if he plays well, then he's worth every bit $26 million over two years. So, you know, and with the base value of $7 million per year, I mean, I think the Steelers did well here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Giants just wound up not being able to compete because of their salary cap situation. Imagine a GM leaving behind a team with a quarterback on a rookie deal and still having major salary cap problems, which is what Dave Gettleman did. What a send off. He goes to celebrate it in Cape Cod while, you know, leaving the giants behind with this horrible situation. Although I do like what the giants did on the offensive line. They took some cheap shots on guys like John Feliciano. And I think they stole Mark Glowinski uh, at three years and 18 million. I, I like what the giants have done. Since Joe Shane and Brian Dable took over, I, I, I like pretty much everything that they've done. I mean, maybe. Oh, and by the way, they just signed Tyrod Taylor. The yeah. Giants just signed Tyrod Taylor to back up Daniel Jones. So uh, I think they're all in on Daniel Jones right now. Well, that's what I was going to say. Maybe they weren't that interested in Trubisky or maybe Trubisky wanted to go to a place you could definitely start. And you could say the Steelers, at least their defense has a potential to be like top five. And oh, then yeah. you might actually have a good team. And Mr. Trubisky is the quarterback on a good team. That looks better to me than competing with Daniel Jones for the Giants, right? I mean, this and the Steelers also, I think the best move of free agency so far, they signed James Daniels. I thought that James Daniels was going to get a huge deal. He's 24 years old, getting off, coming off his best season at guard for the Bears. They got him for three years and 26 and a half million. I, I, I thought he was going to, you know, I, obviously I was just wrong, but I thought he was going to get a way bigger deal in, than that. Uh, considering that he has been an ascending player. He has history at center and guard. He's going to play guard in Pittsburgh, but they needed that on their offensive line. I'm intrigued by Mitchell Trubisky in in Pittsburgh Mm -hmm. because Matt Canada, getting him away from Ben Roethlisberger, Matt Canada has a really sort of progressive, creative background as the OC. He wasn't even really the OC when when Big Ben was there. You know, they were running a bunch of shifts in motion in the preseason. All of a sudden, when the regular season started, that stuff was gone. And they can use Mitch Trubisky as a runner, which is obviously not something that they have had in a Pits- the Pittsburgh offense in, in years because yep. Big Ben has been immob- immobile for the last half decade. But I- I'm with you that they could still very well add a first or second round quarterback. And I-, I think that they probably will. Let's go to the Cardinals stuff. Obviously, a ton going on with the Cardinals. Let's start with the running backs. Chase Edmonds gets two years, $12.6 million to follow Mike McDaniel down to Miami. Meanwhile, the Cardinals re-signed James Conner three years, 21 million. I, I, you know, I get James Conner played great last year. That's a lot of money for a running back with an injury history like James Conner has. What do you think about what the Cardinals decided to do? Letting Chase Edmonds walk relatively cheap and paying James Conner $21 million. Well, I think it's an awesome scenario for James Conner's fantasy value. Yeah. Um, and look, the dude scored 18 touchdowns last year, and it's just really hard to score 18 touchdowns in back-to-back years, you know? So we're going to anticipate some uh, regression in the touchdown scoring department. But do you remember how good he looked? I mean, he awesome. looked like a refreshed player from the, the previous year in Pittsburgh when he was all kinds of banged up. Chase Edmonds leaves. Now it's down to what Eno Benjamin and Jonathan Ward behind James Conner. They probably will add an RB, another RB at some point. 
but he's probably not going to be as good and at least as good in one niche area as was Chase Edmonds. And that's good news for James Conner. I think it's an excellent, excellent, uh, you know, situation for James Conner. And Chase Edmonds goes to a situation in Miami where there, there's just a ton of RBs in that backfield. But it sounds to me like they are pretty intent on making him the lead back. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that can be a fine situation. I don't think he's going to blow it up, but I, but I think that he's going to have a secure role in Miami. From what I read, you know, Mike McDaniel did not even envision, did not even consider Miles Gaskin as like a feature back. He was like, in, in no chance. We're, we're adding someone else. So, you know, I, I think that makes sense for sure. Obviously, there's been a lot of success in the San Francisco run scheme that Mike McDaniel was a part of with a lot of guys that people probably didn't think that highly of. He goes out and pinpoints Chase Edmonds. I think that's makes a lot of sense. We currently have James Conner 53rd overall in our half PPR rankings, and we have Chase Edmonds 71st overall. Gaskin way down at 244th. I do not think Gaskin's going to have a big role here, but we're certainly continuing to work on those and looking for more information. Speaking of the Cardinals, three years, $31 million for Zach Ertz. You know, there was a time I thought Zach Ertz was like done. Like he was getting nothing after the catch, but man, dude was catching like six, seven, eight balls consistently once he got to Arizona. So maybe it's not that crazy considering what a lot of other tight ends got, which we'll get to in a second here, but three years, 31 million for Zach Ertz to come back to Arizona. What do you think of that one? Uh, You know, I know that I'll tell you what the tight of the top of the tight end market went. I mean, it was hot. Like yeah. it, it, it went really fast and he was part of that. I mean, it was, it was gone. Like it was like, everything was gone at the top of the tight end market by the end of uh, Monday, you know, Evan Ingram, uh, was another guy. He went to Jacksonville. I don't know, you know, Deandre Hopkins coming back, you know, that's going to be, he, you know, he's really the target hog in the offense. I know that his target share wasn't nearly as strong last year. It was as it was the year before. And I would expect a little bit more of that. But I think that DeAndre Hopkins is still the alpha there. Sure. And I don't know. I Zach Ertz is a, a guy that I, I feel like doesn't elevate the offense. You know, targets to him just don't have explosive play potential. So for them to bring him back in combination with paying the running back, who, again, I like James Conner in fantasy a lot. But, you know, from an organizational standpoint, not real impressed with what Arizona has done. Yeah, for sure. Speaking of uh, Arizona, we need to get to this Christian Kirk deal. I know that it was originally reported as four years, 84 million. You got to be real careful with this stuff because agents leak this to try to look really good to other prospective clients. In reality, the Jaguars can get out of this after two years, I believe. So it's not as egregious as it sounds. I like Christian Kirk. You know, it's a lot of money. Jaguars just started going ham. And maybe we should just go through all the Jaguars stuff here. Christian Kirk, four years, up to 84 million. Zay Jones, three years, 24 million. Evan Ingram, one year, nine million. They added Brandon Scherf. I mean, they could be trading LaVisca Chenault. Like, I don't really know what the plan is here other than adding, paying a lot of money for like mediocre players. So I feel a little bit bad for Trevor Lawrence. I get that they're blasting mm-hmm. and trying to help him. I just mm-hmm. don't know how much all these guys are going to help him. What do you think of Christian Kirk? And then we can get into the Zay Jones and Evan Ingram stuff. Yeah, I mean, there are things to like about all these guys, but that you're right. They're blasting. You know, uh, it's... Brandon Scherf, you know, good player when healthy, has missed 22 games the past four years. You know, Jay Jones had five relatively productive games to finish out last year. He had averaged 65 yards per game with Derek Carr because there was just a ton of opportunity and Derek Carr liked him. And, you know, but before that, I mean, he'd been in the league like, you know, several years and done nothing. 
Um, Christian Kirk, I, I, I like the idea of signing him. You know, I thought it would be more like 11 or 12 million a year and not 18 million a year. And I, I think that there's untapped potential that he has. Uh, he's 25 years old. He's a guy who was really good in the return game in college, good with the ball in his hands, you know, coming off his best season, 77 for what, 982 and five. It's a good landing spot for him in terms of, in terms of fantasy. Um, I mean, he could be the alpha in, in this offense for Trevor Lawrence playing inside. You remember Hunter Renfro had some big years at Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, but then Evan Ingram also. And, you know, again, I like taking the chance on, on guys like this, but you know, this is another guy super flawed. Like, I don't know about his confidence level as a player because, I mean, dude just couldn't catch a cold with the Giants. Um, so, I mean, they're, they're taking on a lot of risk, uh, but they, they do have the quarterback on the rookie, rookie contract. You know, they can afford to do this, but you're, you're right. I mean, they're, they're, they're totally firing at these guys. Yeah, I mean, tight end on second contract always intrigues me, especially when I think a guy's yeah. talented like Evan Ingram is, right. one year, nine million. I actually kind of like that for the Jaguars. The thing is, like, they're, like, giving up on LaVisca, it seems like, which is a bad sign for LaVisca, but, like, I'd love to see LaVisca get a, get a shot with someone else. Yard after catch ability is so valuable, and I think Visca can do that. So, you know, I, I hate to give up on Visca, but I get that he's soured in Jacksonville. Let's go to – let's just go to this tight end stuff, man. I mean, I, I was, like, I'm with my family. I'm on vacation. I, I, I come back to, to Twitter, and Will Disley has a three-year – 24 million dollar deal i mean I, I i'm happy for the dude three years 24 million for will disley after you have Noah fan you know you have gerald everett who i know they're gonna let go or, or maybe they already did you know you have i think they have colby parkinson still on the roster you're trying to mm-hmm. rebuild and, and you give will dustley who i think i once challenged to a race before he cost me a ton of money in dfs but i challenged him to a race because i think he's so slow but you know whatever i mean this one shocked me i mean what what is seattle doing right now they, they're a, a rudderless ship. You know, they, they don't have any direction. And that's why you're seeing them overpay for a guy like Will Disley, uh, Al Woods, a 35-year-old rotational two-down run stuffer. You know, they give him a two-year, $9 million deal. I mean, they, it looks like they're going to enter the, the 2022 season starting Drew Locke. At court. Drew Locke is awful. You know, we've been through this. Um, and, and this is what kind of happens when you go all in on – 70-year-old pounding gum Pete Carroll, and you trade away your, fran- your, your, uh, your Hall of Fame quarterback, and you, uh, you cut your Hall of Fame middle linebacker and Bobby Wagner, who's still playing at a really high level. Like, you don't think they could have retained Bobby Wagner with the money they spent on Al Woods and Will Dusley? You know, like, they, they are a completely rudderless ship, and I think they, you know, they're at risk of being bad for, like, a really long time. Yeah. I mean, on paper, one of the worst teams in the league. I, I mean, one yeah. of the worst teams in the league right now. I mean, and they didn't have to be. It's crazy. Yeah. And they've also got like so much money tied up in safeties. Yeah. Uh, Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs. And look, I really like Quandre Diggs. I mean, he's, he's a baller, takeaway specialist. But they're spending more money at, at safety than any other team in the league. You know, I, I, I don't, they're a rudderless ship. Speaking of big tight end deals, this one I was happy about, man. I've been waiting for Mo Ali Cox for a while. Like, I've been dying to click the Mo Ali Cox button in both season long and DFS. Jack Doyle announces his retirement, a real retirement, I think, not a Tom Brady retirement. Meanwhile, Mo Ali Cox, who has been breaking the PSM for multiple years, I mean, this dude is, is a freak. I mean, former basketball player, 
in college. Just, I mean, throw it up high to him, similar to Donald Parham, like throw it up high to him and just let him out athletic people at the catch point. Three years, 18 million. They do have Kyle Granson on the roster, but it seems like Mo Alley is going to get a big, big, big chance. We'll see what they do at quarterback. But this one's exciting, man. What do you think about Mo Alley, three years, 18 million? Yeah, and we don't know who the Colts quarterback is going to be. There have been rumors about Jimmy Garoppolo. Marcus Mariota is a free agent to, to who they've been connected. I think that they might take a quarterback in the second round. They do not have a first-round pick. So we're going to have to figure that out. But, you know, who would you rather have, Mo, Mo Ali Cox for three years at $18 million or Will Dusley at, at three years and $24 million? I, I think that, you know, you, you, you take a chance on the upside. Mo Ali Cox has shown that he can block. He can be efficient in the passing game. He's got great yards per route run numbers at PFF year over year. So, uh, you know, I just I feel like they have sort of stereotyped or pigeonholed him into like uh, being a blocking tight end. They have shown the willingness to play him a lot. You know, he he plays, you know, week in and week out, 55 percent, 60 percent of the snaps. We just I, I want to see more of a commitment from him, from, from them throwing the football to him. And Kylan Granson is a little bit of a, a potential obstacle there. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll be interested to say, like when I, when I start, put, you know, getting serious about fantasy rankings, I'm excited to see where I, you know, how high I can slide him up because I do think he's a guy that, you know, you want to sort of talk yourself into because he has legit upside. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of tight ends, we should touch on CJ Zoma three years, 24 million, obviously a lot of money. Uzoma played really well last year, man. Obviously that was with Burrow. Now he's going to play with Zach Wilson. I think from a fantasy perspective, Obviously not great, but happy for CJ Zomu, who seems like a good dude and played well. And he takes on CJ to the Jets. Jets have been kind of quiet other than this one. Well, and, you know, I think that he's an ascending player who didn't do. I remember CJ Uzoma coming out of Auburn and he was one of the guys who registered real high in spark. And, you know, it, it just it, it showed that he had a little bit of athletic upside that maybe was untapped as to. Uh, you know, in in contrast to how he was being viewed, where he was drafted, et cetera, et cetera, you know, and, and it, it took him a while, but things started to click. And you know, we see this time and time again, as you alluded to previously, with tight ends that as they're, you know, they, they sort of they, it's a hard position to play early in your career. But if they can hang around, you know, keep earning that playing time, show they can block just at a competent level so the coaches trust them, not make mistakes, you know, show that they can handle the, the receiving duties, the inline duties, all that stuff. And CJ, that they can ascend. And CJ Ozoma has shown that he can do that. Um, I don't know if it's a great fantasy landing spot, but, you know, I, I think it was a fine deal uh, by the Jets. And hopefully Mo Ali Cox can sort of take that, that similar path. Wanted to touch on the Dallas guys. I was shocked they let Cedric Wilson go considering their, their depth chart. I mean, they lose Amari Cooper. Michael Gallup is coming off of the ACL tear. And so they let CJ Will, uh, Cedric Wilson go three years, 22 million to Miami. Michael Gallup gets five years, 62 and a half million. ACL tear is now, you know, my first instinct with this is like, you know, it's really scary to re-sign a guy for 62 million off an ACL tear. But the way these guys are recovering now, from ACL, it's almost like, I don't want to say nothing, but like the risk is way lower than it used to be on guys off ACL tears. So I think my, they think Michael Gallup is going to be fine. Obviously uh, I tend to agree. Dallas is really thin though at wide receiver, man. I mean, CD lamb could see an incredible, incredible amount of targets, especially if Gallup misses Dalton time. Schultz, Dalton Schultz, Tony Pollard. I mean, yeah, you know, they're going to still throw it a ton. And so we'll see what they end up 
doing? What did you think of Gallup? And then also Cedric Wilson going to Miami. Yeah, I mean, and the Cowboys also have, you know, the best access to Michael Gallup's medical. Yeah. So, you know, and, and the Cowboys, you know, by all, uh, all accounts have like a great uh, medical staff as well. Um, so I, I would trust them over anybody else's opinion when it comes to Michael Gallup. He may end up missing some time to begin the year. You know, I, I would almost rather have my receiver tear his ACL than get a high ankle sprain at this point. Uh, I mean, obviously, a ACL is going to end your season. Mm -hmm. High ankle sprain you can come back from, but high ankle sprains are just like so recurring. And I, I think Michael Gallup is, is going to be a very interesting discussion this year in fantasy because of that loss of targets. Dalton Schultz, I think, is going to be, you know, really interesting as well. He's he's there. He's back there on the franchise tag. But I, I think that they are going to add another receiver in the draft. Cedric Wilson going to Miami, you know, I think it's a fine deal for the Dolphins, but I'm not real optimistic. About, I think that's going to be the Jalen Waddle show. Cedric Wilson had huge chances last year, you know, after with all the injuries that were going on with Dallas and didn't, was not that impressive in my opinion. He but came like, on kind of late in the year yeah. and, he, and, he, and he flashed the year before, you know, so he's, ah, I don't know, he's been, he's been like a tease for us. Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, Chargers have a good team going, man. I mean, yeah, man. Uh, we don't talk yep. about – I didn't want to spend too much time on defense, but J.C. Jackson is such a baller, and J.C. Jackson gets five years, 82 million from the Chargers. Like, ah, God, Chargers have a really, really, really good team. It's just they're in the division with Mahomes now and Russ Wilson. Like, they're not going to win 14 games or something, but they're a really good team. I mean, what do you think of the Chargers, and what do you think of this J.C. Jackson? This is one of the – uh, biggest contracts that we've seen this week again jc jackson five years 82 and a half million i mean i've been a fan of tom telesco for forever uh brandon staley i think has been you know is, he's a super bright dude um they also brought in you know they could not stop the run last year and you know we as we've talked about ad nauseum it's okay to not you know to give up some rushing efficiency it's it's it can even be put up uh, plus ev it can be a positive thing um, if you can, you know, kind of woo your opponent to to want to run the ball against you because that's minus EV for them. Mm -hmm. um, they went out and they also got Sebastian Joseph Day and Austin Johnson, two massive dudes up front. So when they put in their run defense, you remember Brandon Staley got all that criticism for calling that timeout, wanting to put in his run defense so he could stop the run against the Raiders in that must win game. And they uh, and they still gave up the uh, the big run to uh, Josh Jacobs. Now they have some dudes in the middle who can actually stop the run. So when Brandon Staley does put in a run in his run defense, you know, they can execute. That was the problem there. It wasn't the, the calling of the timeout. It was the execution on the field. And they just, you know, they were horrible. In, they, were, they were too bad in run defense. But now they can stop the run situationally with those massive dudes that they added. They can get after the – they've got freaking Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack. Come on now. You know, and then in the in the back end, they got Derwin James, J.C. Jackson, J.C. Jackson, 25. Not only does he have 25 interceptions over the last four years, the most in the NFL, but he's also a press man corner who can line up and shut down number one uh, receivers. I mean, we're yeah, they are. They are. They are cooking with some serious gas on defense right now in terms of their talent. And, um, you know, they, look, they're, they're a tantalizing team every year that seems to always fall short of the media expectations, 
but on paper, they are absolutely loaded right now. But, you know, the Chiefs are always going to be in this. The Broncos are loaded as well. They just added Randy Gregory. I mean, that's just an embarrassment of riches that they have going in Denver. This division, this AFC West division is, is, is sick. Yeah, ridiculous. AFC West, NFC West, both absolutely Loaded. Last thing I wanted to mention here was this Isaiah McKenzie deal. This is kind of as expected. Isaiah McKenzie, two years, eight million. Cole Beasley has been granted permission to find his own trade. You know, at this point, I do not expect Cole Beasley back with the Bills. So, you know, the Bills are a candidate to like draft more receivers. Like I could see them spending a first round pick on a receiver, but Isaiah McKenzie, I feel like, is going to get a good chance to be a somewhat regular slot receiver. We've already talked about Isaiah McKenzie on the show before that big game he had against. New England dude has been productive when he's gotten chances. He's just like so small, but man, I mean, no, I, I, I'm still optimistic on him. What do you think about McKenzie now that we have some clarity here? Well, as the, you know, initially you will see inflated numbers from the contracts uh, because they're, they're being put out by agents and then reporters will get their hands on the actual contracts and look into them. Isaiah McKenzie only got two years, 4.4 million mm-hmm. in, in base value. You know, like I, I almost wish that his agent would have given him a, a shot, you know, to like actually hit free eight because he signed early. He was like one of the first signings. I was like, wow. Yeah. You know, and you saw that two, you saw the two for eight and it seemed reasonable, but two for 4.4. I mean, that's that's very little money. He's five foot seven, 172 or something like that. You know, and so he's going to need a true commitment from this team to be that full time slot receiver. But you're right. I mean, we look, we we've been on the Isaiah McKenzie train, you know, for a while now. And um, I, I hope he gets that opportunity too. It's just gonna be a matter, he's gotta he's gotta escape this offseason with them not adding anything other stellar uh, at the receiver position. Gabe Davis is is still really in good position as well. Um, behind Stefan Diggs. There was a report that the the Bills have sort of embraced Gabe Davis as a sort of leader in the locker room, which may help his chances of earning that true number two receiver role because, you know, there were at, there were times last year where he was the number four, actually he spent most of the season as the number four behind Diggs, Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders. So that's, you know, a somewhat significant leap for Gabe Davis to go to the number two role. I think he's earned it. uh, But, you know, he's, he's still going to have to escape this off season without them making another big addition there. Yeah, I mean, Gabe Davis had 50 DraftKings points against the Chiefs in that uh, playoff game, which was absolutely insane. Um, Yeah, uh, a personal note, happy for Robert Foster, man. Uh, Foster, of course, Australian for sex, back in the league, this time with the Giants. Brian Dable, of course, knows him from the Bills, knows him from Alabama. So we'll see if Robert Foster can actually get on the field. But yeah, just happy that he's at least getting a shot there. All right. I think we've covered everything that has happened since our last show we'll be back later this week to cover kind of the second wave Deshaun Watson of course is still out there Allen Robinson is still out there if you want to keep up with all the free agency Jack Miller is writing fallout articles for us Evan is updating his tracker be sure you're following us on Twitter I know a lot of people might be watching this on YouTube or somewhere else you know if you want to be good at fantasy you need to be on Twitter at Evan Silva at Adam Levitan at establish the run for Evan for producer Luke I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody.